Hello, it's Joe and Mum here. We recorded this episode before episode one was released, and we just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone for all of the kind words and support that you've been showing. You've also been given us a good giggle, so keep keep the comments coming, folks. Enjoy the episode. I'm Joe. My mum's name is Aileen, and you're listening to My Mum Missed Marvel. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is a collection of 23 films which have grossed a combined total of over $22.5 billion at the box office alone. It's the largest film franchise of all time and has been a big part of my life for the past 11 years. For my mum, not so much. Hello and welcome to My Mum Missed Marvel, a podcast in which my mum... Hello. And I watched the Marvel films in order, one as a big fan who's seen them all before, and one as a complete novice who's only got one or two films under her belt. How are you doing, Mum? Yes, I'm fine. Looking forward to the second one. Brilliant. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the podcast has gotten off to a brilliant start with a 100% enjoyment rate so far. We'll see if we can keep that going as time goes on. Indeed, yes. Uh, quite, Quite challenging, I think. Anyway, let's go. (laughs) So today we're moving on to the sequel to Iron Man, Iron Man 2, because we've skipped The Incredible Hulk, as it's not the best film in the world. Do you have anything that you're looking forward to in this? Any expectations? Anything you're hoping that they do better than the first one? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of a character development of um, Tony Stark. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more in there that we've got to explore, and I'm assuming that um, that will come out in Iron Man 2. I am wondering why the second film is a follow-up to the first film and not something completely different. Oh, as in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the timeline? Yeah, why did they go for Iron Man 2? I think we've got to remember that there is a Hulk film in between these that we've skipped. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, I don't think the Marvel Cinematic Universe was you know, set in stone. They were coming up with this idea and putting in little spoiler scenes and stuff, showing that they might be linking films at some point in the future. But I think at the at this time, they were thinking, we've had an Iron Man film that's done very well. Let's just do another Iron Man film before well, they've what, started to get to. Yeah. That that's what I kind of assumed that it was a commercial decision. Okay, that that one was a hit. Let let's just make another one. Which I think they, I have to yeah. say is a bit of a dodgy proposition actually because that could backfire you know if the if the it Iron could. Man 2 hadn't been as good that could have put the kibosh in the whole series because it would have turned people off and it is somewhat controversial people have wildly different opinions of this film some people really like it some people think it's not as good as the first one at all so oh, okay. it'll be interesting to see whether you would have continued commissioning these films if you were one of the people who was funding and producing these very good okay so <laughs> I've got a very brief sheet of notes here i'll show that to you in case you can read that it says iron man 2 2010 so this film came out a couple of years after iron man and that's the end of my notes for preparation (laughs) i couldn't find much that didn't spoil things and i'd like to keep you relatively in the dark about stuff the only thing that i've thought of that we could have a look through uh is the cast list again oh yes like to find Uh out who's in it yes please so we have Robert Downey Jr., of course, yes. returning mm-hmm. as Tony Stark alongside mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow. Of course. And then we have a bunch of brand new people who are going to be joining the cast. So we mentioned last time that Terence Howard was replaced with Don Cheadle. So his character 
is that, returning, but it'll be a brand new actor. That's Rhodes. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Then joining them, we have Scarlett Johansson, Sam Rockwell, Mickey Rourke, and Samuel L. Jackson again. Hey. Looking forward to any of those? Do you know uh, those uh, people? Sam, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, I know, and uh, Scarlett Johansson, obviously. Who else did you say? Sam Rockwell is in the film. Who's that? Do I know him? Sam Rockwell. What would you have seen him in? He was in Three Billboards. He was the oh, was very it? morally complex character in Three Billboards. I guess that's kind of all of the characters in Three Billboards. <laughs> he was the, I think he was a deputy sheriff. Oh, Woody from Cheers. Is it him? He, Is that he very well oh. maybe Woody oh. from Cheers. I'm not entirely sure. I like should, I said, I, the research didn't go too deep this episode. I should have known him by name then. Yeah, it is Woody from Cheers. Very charismatic guy. Yeah. Hi, Future Joe here. Whilst Mum and I continue to confuse Sam Rockwell with Woody Harrelson, one of us is about to spoil part of the ending of Three Billboards. It's a great film, so if you wouldn't like to hear that, just skip ahead 15 seconds. It doesn't come up again. Also, don't worry, we do realise that we're talking about different people, and we address that after watching Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, the police guy that paid for the final billboard. Yeah, I think he did. It's been a while since we've seen that film. I guess maybe I'll put a spoilers for three billboards thing at the beginning of this. <laughs> okay. And, and finally, Mickey Rourke. Is oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know Mickey Rourke as well? I know, I know Mickey Rourke, yeah. So this is moving from star-studded cast to star-studded cast. It is. And even I think more star-studded cast. Even more star-studded. There's even more stars in yeah. it. And that's... If you know anything about the MCU, a trend which is going to continue to get more and more ridiculous as time goes on and we get further into it. Okay, so they've, they've got an extra female character and I wonder if she'll be as one-dimensional. Twice as many female uh, characters. Twice as many, but still one-dimensional. So. 200% the female <laughs> characters of the previous film. Yeah. So we'll see whether that does anything to their representation. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So without further ado, I think we can just pop straight into Iron Man 2. Ready to roll. Right, so we've just finished Iron Man 2. Mum, what did you think about this one? <laughs> not as not, not as positive. As, not as good as the as Iron Man when there's the first one. Yeah. Okay. Would you like to tell us in general terms why that is? Um I thought it was a bit I thought it was just a bit lacking in any depth really hmm. that I was hoping that it might develop his character a bit more and we didn't get a huge amount of that really. Yeah he didn't move too far in no. terms of his character growth No um, and There was a few odd things you know it was a bit more about his relationship with his father um, mm-hmm. a bit more about background you know so you got a little bit of um, backstory filled in but not to any significant degree and there there wasn't enough intrigue in the story. Yeah, I think the story, it seems a little bit more disorganised than it does in the first one. I'd say the first Iron Man has a much tighter story and a much tighter yeah. focus. Yeah. Whereas this one, there are quite a lot of things going on. And I think you can tell that there's a lot crammed in there. Yeah. No, that, yeah, I think tight is a good word. It wasn't at all tight, whereas the first one felt you know, much more coherent and robust as a as a as a whole. Yeah. I'd yeah. say that maybe the saving grace of this is whilst it, it's kind of the film's good side and bad side, is that 
whilst it was a little bit more of a mess, I'd say that in certain ways, this film is a little bit more fun. It's a little bit goofier than the first one. Some of the action scenes are a little bit looser and, you know, they seem to be playing around with stuff a bit more, whereas the first one was a bit more serious in a good way. No, there were good bits. And there were some super cool scenes where, um, you know, when the suit was getting fitted and all... Mm you know, twisting and going up and down, but, you know, whatever it was doing. The suit-ups have been consistently suit up, fantastic. Suit-up, yeah. suit Well, when yes. Iron Man suits up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The suit-up was pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a bit campier, I'd say. Like, it's a bit more of a zany, superhero-y type of film, whereas the previous one was, like, like I said last time, I was surprised by how gritty it was mm. whilst it was all happening. This is a little bit more... Uh, probably the type of superhero film that you'd seen beforehand, the type of almost Sam Raimi-ish, the old Spider-Man yeah. Yeah. film. It's a yeah. little bit more in that style, I'd say. Probably, yeah. Probably a bit more. Mm. So have you got your verdict for people, whether they should see this one if they're watching along, whether they should give this one a skip and move on to the next? Well, I think you've probably already guessed the way <laughs> this one is going. I'm um, looking forward to the sound. I've, um, I'm also going to introduce another scale um, against which uh, these films okay. will be marked, and that is the TTFA scale. The TTFA scale. Yeah, because as I was sitting watching this um, yesterday afternoon, I was tempted to fall asleep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. TTFA, which Very is nice not a good one. sign. Now, that might be the time of day. It was a lovely sunny day. <laughs> I was actually sitting on my bed because I was getting out of your dad's way. <laughs> and I thought, no, this film isn't grabbing me. <laughs> so okay. on the TTFA scale, it was about a seven. That's not good, really. So no. uh, just to clarify the scale, just in case people haven't heard of a TTFA scale before. <laughs> so 10 is you are asleep. Yeah. One is you're absolutely gripped. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's kind of the reverse of most scales and how they work <laughs> with the higher number being bad, but okay. You're tempted to fall asleep. Yeah. Okay. I'll think about that. Anyway, that's the way it's going. That's the way it's working in my mind. So okay. that's what's happening. Um, so I'm afraid this one is a... Uh, uh, I okay, so no, no physical, no physical prop no, for this, but I think I, I got the idea that that might not be a good physical one. Physical prop I was looking for. There might be a more professional <laughs> physical prop. If if any of the others don't manage to cut the mustard. So you heard it here first that Iron Man Two is not a particularly good film. You could probably give it a miss. Mum, would you like to give everyone a general? summation of what you think happened in the film and what you think might be important to know for films going forwards if you're going to skip this one okay i'll do my best um so we find out a bit more about tony stark's father howard mm -hmm. stark what type of relationship have they got uh, i think it was very distant but there's quite a nice touching bit comes out in the, the at the end of the corporate video that that we've seen before of um Howard Stark and some sort of there's some sort of cityscape that he's created um and it was there an is, old world fair type of thing that he was yeah, doing yeah that's right um and I think there is something in there that I think is might be significant because it was like a shield so whether that's you know whether that becomes important for the Avengers or Captain America or something, there was something about a shield okay. in that. Escape. So maybe so, some foreshadowing of a of yeah, Captain America, perhaps. Possibly, 
possibly. So mm-hmm. there's um, so also I in my mind I was wondering whether was the father involved in the Avengers then in some way that we don't yet know about? Are we actually going to hear okay. more about so maybe, the father's role? Maybe potential for the father character to get fleshed out, not just in terms of Tony, but maybe his involvement yeah. in other things. Okay. Well, that was just so setting up thought. some stuff there. Just mm-hmm. wondering, just wondering. Um, in terms of Tony and Iron Man, so we see Tony refining his Iron Man suit, so it becomes yep. more sophisticated. And and, some upgrades. But also within the film, he comes up against uh, the, the main villain. He, so he comes up against someone who is almost as much of a technical genius as he is mm. in Ivan Benko. So that, that yes. was set up that, you know, that because before that we thought Tony Stark was just miles ahead in terms of the technology yeah. than anyone else. Good but point. there was someone else there who could match his, um, or could come close to matching his intellect. And so his maybe some doubts genius. about how special Tony is in himself. Okay. Well, possibly. There's also a second villain, uh, Mm-hmm. In the piece, Justin Hammer, who was quite a, I think, did you call him cookie or goofy character? Um, I think those are the types of things that I used to describe Justin Hammer, yeah. <laughs> who was a rival to Tony Stark, but in a different way, not in terms of the mm-hmm. genius and the, the intellectual capacity, but in terms of the showman and the businessman. That I don't know whether he comes back or not. Yeah. Well, he he hasn't been... He, he doesn't die or anything, no, yeah. so potential for Justin Hammer to return, yeah. yeah. And then in terms of the other characters that we meet, um, Rhodes becomes more of a central character. He does, he has yeah. More of a, he has more of a part of, in the action, yeah. so a kind of... Remember, this is including okay. spoilers, so you can go ahead and just say, you know, what happens to Rhodes. Well, I mean, Rhodes at one point um, ends up fighting against Tony because he's been taken over by Venko, um, he he, mm-hmm. he takes one of the suits. Sorry, he he's in one yes. of them. I think yeah. that's the important yeah. thing there. Yeah. So he takes one of the suits that Venko has made. Oh no, he doesn't. No, 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 he no. doesn't. He takes one of the suit. One because Tony Stark has got a, an array of Iron Man suits. Yeah, he takes the Mark II suit, the original silver one that Tony made, but then he kind of outfits it with all of the military grade weapons. Oh, that's right. And they fight together a bit, and at the end. Tony, it, it, he kind of lets him take the suit and continue. So going forward from this one, Tony's friend Rhodes does, does have, have an Iron suit. Man suit, which is kitted out. Okay. So there is now a second Iron Man who can be doing stuff, essentially. Right. So do they become, is, that, is he a wee kind of a sidekick to, to Iron Man? Well, who Pardon. knows how it's okay. going to go in the future. But in terms of summarising of someone who hasn't <laughs> seen it, if, uh, if a grey, a kind of charcoal grey, Iron Man with a big minigun on its shoulder arrives. That's that right. And uh, Tony is kind of okay with him having the suit. Yeah. So if that comes up So again. we're okay with that. Um, the other the other character that I think is important in this film, because he appears quite a lot, is um, the Samuel L. Jackson one, the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Um, there are quite a few... There are quite a few scenes where he appears, actually. Yep. And I wasn't entirely sure where it was going with that, but whether it was just to kind of get used to the fact that this guy is now around. Yeah, so S.H.I.E.L.D. has a bigger yeah. presence. They're talking to Tony a bit more. So that was quite... They're getting a bit more fleshed yeah, out. Yeah, so that was more significant. His presence was quite significant, I think. Along with... They seem to have quite a far reach, I think, it shows in this film. They're quite capable and yeah. very well-funded. Yes, indeed. Um, 
and the female character, you see, whose name I've forgotten already, both her name. Scarlett yeah, Johansson's Scarlett Johansson character. character. Well, I don't think she's named on screen, so I don't think you can be blamed for that. She plays Black Widow. Black Widow. Okay, so she, she becomes one of the Avengers then as well, is that? Well, I think it's they're still having talks about the Avengers initiative. There's the end credit scene where I think they rescind their offer of being in the Avengers to Tony. So the Avengers is still in the works. Um, another player has entered the scene, Black Widow, who seems, who's this super spy type of person who now has a bit of a relationship with Tony as well as a relationship with Nick Fury, yeah. who she seems to work for. Okay. So I think those were the key points that I took out of the film that I thought might yeah. or might not be significant. Might might be significant. I, I think you've got the main stuff. A, a little bit more of the love plot with Tony and Pepper that's moved on a little bit oh, more. Yeah. Um, they have their kiss at the end of the yeah. film. So that's that might be something that is built on in the future. But I think those are most of the things that someone who is skipping this film would need to know going into the later films that have Iron Man in it. Well Yay. done, Mum. Good all. I'm not so daft. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so for everyone who's still here, we'll move into a more general chat about the film and not really worry too much about spoiling things. Is there anything, first of all, that has stuck out for you, Mum? Do you want to get us started? Well, I'll, I'll have to get this right out front. The few, I mean, the introduction of Scarlett Johansson didn't, didn't yep. do anything to help, um, to my mind anyway, didn't do anything to help the one-dimensional female character. I think there were points during this film where I almost felt embarrassed for the film in showing mm -hmm. it to you, uh, you know, having said that these films generally do a better job to follow straight on with this one, which, you know, in terms of at least the sexualization of the characters that are there is much more egregious. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know that there's much more to discuss here. It's just not impressive at all well, and totally lacking that... imagination. And I can't believe, I yes. can't believe they got away with it, frankly. Yeah. Something that I was thinking about, and as I was watching it, I was thinking this, was that, you know, that there is the twist at the end, which is that she isn't just the secretary, she's actually this secret agent. And one of her things is that, you know, she can, she's trained in all of these different things, she's clearly a great fighter, and she can use seduction if she needs to and everything. So there was sort of the payoff where she'd been using that because that was Tony's weakness. Mm -hmm. But as I was mm -hmm. watching it, I was thinking, Whilst that, whilst I do know that there will be a payoff, quite a lot of the film is going by yeah. in which she is just being sexualized, and it kind of—I don't know if that justifies the fact that for most of your film it is being a bit sexist. If it just has this kind of twist around at the end, it doesn't really change that for an hour and yeah. forty minutes. There's been all of these, you know, slightly problematic shots. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I. I... <laughs> I think that would just be an excuse if they were trying to make out that they were that she was playing a role and that that was the role she had to play because of the type of character that Tony Stark was, and there were there were yeah. other ways they would have to have changed it a bit, but there were other ways you could still have had the twist, but actually yeah. not making it such a sexualized character. Do you have any particular ideas in mind of how they could have handled it better? Uh, no, <laughs> in a word. <laughs> I think I but you, you think they should have given it yeah, more thought? Absolutely. No. So that that's the kind of obvious one, I think, um, out the way. I mean, I think the it's it's quite interesting in terms of um, 
Amer American politics, you know, and American society as well. It it was very much into the 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 whole kind of Steve Jobs, you know. Um, mm. You compared Tony Stark yeah, to Steve Jobs during no, the film, it was more yeah. Hammer, was it not? It was when they were doing. Oh, was oh, it Hammer? Both, Sorry, it was yes. both yeah. of them actually. They were both doing that kind of <laughs> exhibition thing or whatever they called it. Yeah. So, so having this kind of supposedly charismatic, you know, personality up front doing this big presentation, this kind of cult-like. Um, the big focus on the yeah, the lead on, on, exactly just the company. yeah, and and the the frankly quite disturbing enthusiasm of the acolytes and the followers and you know oh yeah, in the yeah. Hall. I mean oh um and and so that was quite well done because it's it's hmm. it's cringy and you know they they got that <laughs> you know they kind of got that spot on yes. Yeah. Um, and then the political stuff as well, you know, bringing in the Soviet character. Um, I mean, Mickey Rourke, by the way, was pretty good. That that was one of the best things <laughs> I've so. I think the word that I'd use to describe his performance, and I mean this in the absolute best way, is ridiculous. <laughs> he, uh, he he was just, uh, that, that whole character is just wild. Yeah. Um, and apparently... A, a lot of the character comes from suggestions made by Mickey yeah. Rourke. Apparently it was his idea to perform half in Russian. I think the bird was completely his decision. Oh, really? uh, it kind of followed on from the same very improvisational theme that they had, which is clearly how John Favreau likes to direct. Mm -hmm. But he came up with a lot of that character and it's just, it's very strange and I think very entertaining yeah. on his part. Oh, it totally works. He And, and yes, I can see that he made it his own, really. If somebody else had been playing that, it would not have come out as the same character. Mm. Um, Whilst somewhat antithetically, I think it's almost difficult to see that it is Mickey Rourke playing that character. I think every time I've seen this film, I just see him as Ivan Vanko. That's right. just, you know, I've seen Mickey Rourke in other things, yeah. but I, I very much see that as it's just such a strong and bizarre character. Yeah. I, I think he really becomes that odd guy yeah. during it. And I think it's very yeah. good. No, so he, he works well and that character worked well. Um, and the whole kind of Soviet Cold War thing, um, you know, was, was not hugely subtle, but, you know, it was quite good. I think that was, that was kind of, yeah, that, that was kind of the hot thing to do yeah. in around about 2010. I mean, a lot of video games had Russians as the antagonists and there were lots of films in which, you know, mm. there was a, secret spy from russia or mm. you know yeah i think i think james bond even around that time might have okay. even had a yeah yeah russian, sure, james um, of it. Yeah. yeah russian antagonist as well so i think that was that was quite a hot button thing to be mm. doing at the time in terms of giving these insane performances and people clearly having fun with their roles and their parts you mentioned justin hammer a little bit earlier on oh, and sam rock who we realized first of all yeah first of all we've realized that we were talking about two different people in the intro to this i think you're you have a slightly better handle oh, on what actually happened Tom. well when you said we're describing to me who sam rockwell was because i kind mm -hmm. of was vaguely aware of the name but couldn't think who the actor was and you said he was in three billboards and I yeah. just immediately hooked on to the Woody Harrelson character yeah and so I said all oh, right so and that so I said to you oh it was Woody out of cheers because Woody Harrelson which I haven't, no, which seen. You haven't seen which is a very old um you know American yeah. sitcom but it was Woody Harrelson's first kind of 
star and role, I guess, where he came to prominence. Mm. So, but he was actually called Woody in the series. Which, to be fair to you, I think you're being quite hard on yourself here. I could have also put that together that you've said Woody and Woody Harrelson was also in Three Billboards. So I think it was a bit no, on. But, on no, but you get, you, there, you're absolutely exonerated here because I said, "Oh, he was Woody in Cheers," <laughs> i.e., the character's name was Woody in Cheers, and I know that that actor's name is Woody Harrelson, and God, was there, and I'm thinking, oh, I didn't know he was called Sam Rockwell. Well, I don't. I don't think you have to worry about it too much. In 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 general, how did you uh how, how did you enjoy Sam Rockwell's um, portrayal? Uh, unconvincing. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I know he was, I he was supposed to be a, a a loser, and um, but I know he wasn't supposed to be a good guy or a particularly admirable character. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought. I don't believe that guy would ever be heading up, you know, a multi-million pound um, enterprise. Oh, right, okay. You know, there was, it was it was just too stupid and too goofy and too ridiculous. Right, right. Um, that it kind of undercut the, the you know, uh, undercut the whole character as far as I was concerned. That's interesting. Mm. I think this is the first thing that we've that we've arrived on in which we genuinely just completely disagree uh, on a point because i personally think that sam rockwell is one of the best parts of the film really? i absolutely love his Why? performance as justin hammer i think the character is a great character in general he's also clearly having a fantastic time whenever he's on screen the little dance that he does i, I think he really brings that character to life i personally think they just about ride the line of making him look like an idiot it they definitely made him more look like more of an idiot than i remembered Mm. but i think the things which the character is good at he is clearly good at he is clearly a very proficient salesman and showman which he shows during that scene where he's selling all of the guns and he really knows his stuff and clearly is in his element the bit where he's giving the weapons expo towards the end and he's doing the dance and he's giving the performance i mean you know you, you've got to remember that at that point he has these drones and venko said all they can do is salute yeah. and in terms of making that into a presentation he does a fantastic job with the calling them up and different things and he's saying army and navy and like there's this whole video going on in the background and he's spinning around and he's getting the crowd all riled up and then he does the salute and he gets war machine to come down at the same time i think it really sets him up to be a fantastic businessman and salesman like that he's a bit more blundering and bumbling when it comes to talking to people one-on-one sometimes but i think i think he's set up as quite a good parallel to tony stark in terms of the arms trade and he's meant to be a, a bit of a mirror to tony stark i think that's tony if he had zero conscience i get that and i i agree with you the showman uh, the showman element um is clearly there and that that was um you know that was quite good the dance was funny i mean that that <laughs> at that point that that fell down um where it really fell down the scene where i just thought no this is not believable because the rest of it was totally mm-hmm. believable, of course. Um, but the thing that wasn't believable was when he was talking to um, the Mickey Rourke character, you know, initially. Yeah. And I thought, you know, he, he would he wouldn't still be when they when they're eating over I mean, the over the table. He wouldn't still be there, you know. The the this this guy did not have enough presence to even engage somebody like you know Vanko. Um, I just thought, no, okay. I'm not, this is not grabbing me at all i'm not i'm not buying this so in terms of the 
plot being a little bit of a mess and maybe, you know, a couple of villains might be a section of that, you'd say the way to streamline this down would be to remove Hammer and... I might be putting words in your mouth, but you you feel like Vanko was a more interesting bad guy, should have been there, had more of a right to be in the film than Hammer did? Um, No, I mean, there might be a place for both of them. I just don't, uh, maybe it was the writing, or or maybe it was just that introductory scene where the two of them came together, Hmm. Hammer and Vanko came together. That scene didn't work for me. I just didn't buy it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think they're also very opposite villains, so they can have a little bit of that odd dynamic when they're there. So I think I know what you mean in terms of the that scene could have felt a little bit odd. Yeah. There were some other um, good performances, I thought, though. I mean, it was totally star-studied, wasn't it, that cast, when you see it? It was, but to yeah. have Gary Shandling turn up as the senator, you know, was... was yes. <laughs> that was actually so tired, I, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I recognise him. And every time I've watched this, I, I always think... I kind of know who he is. I definitely know that he isn't just a brand new guy that I've never seen before. But I'm not very familiar with Did him. Did I who call him Gary there? Chandler? I think his name's Gary Chandler. Yeah. I told you I was terrible. With I think that's what you Gary said. Gary Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> he he was a kind of um he again had a had a, a TV series on HBO or something. I don't know where it was, but a lo- again, long long time ago, mm. kind of Cheers era, um, and he was a very yeah. gentle sort of comic, um, so. Elder statesmen of okay. you know comics and of um, right, right. sitcoms, and there he turns up as an elder statesman, literally in you know the US. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was a good piece of casting, actually. Okay, but somebody who else? Oh, and and um, the father, of course. Yes, Tony Stark's father, Howard Stark, was yeah. um, the guy or one of the guys from Mad Men. John Slattery. Yes, that's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that 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 was good because I thought that worked. It took me a wee minute to realise who he was, but I knew he was very familiar. Mm. But actually, the part he was playing in the the home video of the time—well, it wasn't the home video, but the promo of the time—kind um, yeah, of yeah. fitted with the Mad Men theme as well. No. Yeah, they were quite similar, weren't they? It's it's similarish type of part yeah. that he's got there. He's in charge of something very important. He's dressed in his suit. He's in his fancy office. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of, he was actually one of the only other people that was recast. You oh, okay. briefly see Howard Stark in the first film, and it's not played by him, but from now on, he is the actor. So it, when I was going through in the last episode who gets recast, he was also one of the people that was. Right, that's not so bad, because I didn't remember recognising him in the first film, whereas I did recognise him, although I couldn't immediately place him in the second one. He's also very briefly in the first film. Right, yeah. But that relationship between Tony and his dad, I think this is a nice starting point for it. Uh, I I think that's an interesting dimension to his character. It might not have been fleshed out quite enough in this film, but I think think it brings up some interesting things and slightly gives you a hint into where Tony's come from. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. And and I think um, as well, it was quite touching when there was that personal message at the end, you know, that my Mm. best creation I ever made was shoot whatever yeah. it is he says you know that um that kind of showed a slight vulnerability to start which um which worked quite well which i think also then leads into one of the most one of the goofiest parts of this film and goofy is how i describe the whole film when he's going on this strange almost treasure hunt to find and create a new element and he has to do it through shining a laser at a thing and he's he's got to digitize the 
model that his father was talking in front of and use the pavilions as the atoms or the electrons in the atom or something it's just it's sheer madness and lunacy and it's very fun superhero schlock i think is it <laughs> well I, I very much enjoy that type of thing it, it's probably not it's probably not the best thing to include and i did i i do agree with you that i preferred the first iron man on this rewatch but i do think those are fun things to include and there was a certain point in this film when i was going oh okay so this i this is the superhero film in which they're just having fun with it mm -hmm. they're throwing things out of the they're throwing things out of the window the final battle with just he's just built a huge iron man suit just like in the first one but his has whips on it and it's just it, it's clearly became that type of film a section <laughs> of the way through. Or the skipping ropes, as I said. The little... oh, the skipping ropes. Like that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that also speaks to a point which both of these films, the villains have just been slightly larger versions of Iron Man, mm -hmm. even though they're fun in their own way. And I think Jeff Bridges, especially in the last one, had a cool character arc with the fun reveal and everything. It's, they're not the most interesting of villains. I think they definitely take a back seat mm. to the heroes and the rest of the mm. cast, apart from Sam Rockwell, who's phenomenal, <laughs> and Justin Hammer is brilliant. Who you see. <laughs> we were mentioning just a moment ago about those the recasts. Mm -hmm. How did you think Don Cheadle did in the role of Rhodey? Um, I, thought, I thought he commanded it. Um, pretty well actually um mm -hmm. he you know the the and again there was a, a bit of ambiguity about his character as well was he a was he a buddy and if he was a buddy why was he taking his suit and whose side was he on and who was he speaking up for well not yeah obviously mm. whose side was on. where was loyalty yeah yeah lie. where did his loyalties lie that's right and i thought he played that quite well i'd say that he's more memorable he gives a much livelier yeah. performance than terence howard not that he did a bad job no. at all but i think don Cheadle has quite a lot of charisma yeah. and he usually brings that to his roles and i think he does bring Charisma's it to this the the fight between iron man and Rhodey at tony's birthday party i think is a it, that's a brilliant scene and you know tony obviously at his lowest point but I, I think that's a very fun scene and it really gives both of those actors yeah. a bit of chance to show their stuff yeah no, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would ha I'd happily go along with that. Has he been on anything else, Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle, he was in... You're really testing my knowledge oh, a lot on this yeah. podcast, Mom, and how, how, <laughs> how quickly I can come up with things. He was in Ocean's Eleven doing a, the most horrendous British accent that's ever been filmed. Okay. Mm, don't know if I... I'm not sure how much... How, how much you will have seen of his okay. work. I, I reckon Ocean's Eleven is probably the only one that you'd have okay. seen. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't recognise him from anything else, but I thought that's, you know, I, might, okay. I thought I might well have seen him in something and just not realised it. He's been, he's been yeah. around, he's been in yeah. quite a few things. We might be able to find yeah. something that, you've, uh, that you recognise him from. Yeah. So that scene that I just mentioned, the scene in which they fight at Tony's birthday party and Tony being very mm -hmm. drunk there. One of the things about this film is that it's very loosely connected to a storyline from the comics, The Demon in the Bottle. So Tony Stark in the comics has this arc where he's quite a severe alcoholic. Right. And 
this film kind of dabbled with that. I think the idea is that this is sort of the lead up to that almost. He has he obviously gets very, very drunk and makes a scene at his birthday. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the blood toxicity and the whole thing that the thing that he is addicted to being Iron Man is killing him. So I think that's meant to be a bit of a connection between the two storylines there. And that goes back to why John Favreau cast Robert Downey Jr., who also struggled with his right. own uh, drug alcohol problems because he understands that side of the character yeah. quite well. How destructive it is, yeah. That was before he found the new element, so he thought that he thought he was dying, basically. This was like his last big hammer. Yeah, I mean, he, he says to Natasha, he says to Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, I'm still not sure which name to use for you. <laughs> you the easiest reference. Um, he says, if this was your last birthday, what would you yeah. do on your birthday? He, he was very much yeah. in a de- self-destructive yeah. spiral. Um, although this film shied away from the alcoholism a bit yeah. by having it be the palladium yeah. poisoning yeah. and the blood toxicity instead of something that's completely his, mm-hmm. you know, his, well, not his fault. I don't want to say that alcoholism is someone's fault, but something that's more born from his decisions in his lifestyle yeah. is there anything else that you'd like to say as kind of closing thoughts on this one mom um i mean talking through it with you it's maybe not as bad as i initially um indicated when, when you asked me what i thought of it you know i can see that there that there were still some good elements to it and i'm now interested as I see how the series develops, to look back and see whether this did actually add anything. Well, I also think that it's very fair that your initial reaction was that you didn't enjoy it as much. And although I might be able to... I I wasn't really trying to make a case for this, although I might be able to, just through talking, convince you of some good points every now and then, or I might not be able to do that, I still think that it's very fair enough that you just didn't think this this one was as good. And that's that's the opinion that we're mainly looking for here. Someone coming in for the first time what did, what did you think about the films are they going to be enjoyable for other people watching them for the first time yeah yeah that's fair enough so that was no i, I so i would still stick with um what i've been saying so far that i thought the first one was surprisingly good and the second one was a disappointment that's probably how that might so just before we move on and introduce the next film that's going to be up on the mm-hmm. list I guess towards the end of our episodes, we could talk about the end credit scenes and what you think it might be setting up for next time. Do you remember what the end credit scene was for this? Oh, actually, I've just remembered another question I had as well about the shield that was found. Yes. Um, Oh, my God, I'm getting old. What was the end credit scene again? I'm I'm sitting here trying to recall it. Um, So, Agent Colton... Phil Coulson was sent oh, away yes, 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 halfway yes. through the film. Told Tony, "I'm off on a different assignment." That's and this was right. him in New Mexico, looking at a big crater, and there was a hammer Which at the bottom of the crater. I actually recognised. I said, "Oh, is that Thor's hammer?" Now, how did I know Very about good. that? So, some stuff must have gone in. <laughs> so, <laughs> not confirming that you're right, Mum. <laughs> but just in case the next film is going to be Thor, what do you know about Thor as a character? And do you know anything about that hammer? No, I don't. That's why it's quite extraordinary that I recognised it as Thor's hammer because I don't actually know anything about Thor or his hammer. Um, In fact, I'm even assuming that Thor is a male character. Ah, right. So you you don't know anything about actors, you don't know anything about power set, you don't know what the hammer 
represents or what it is and Nothing. what it's doing in a crater in New Mexico, anything Nothing. like that. You just know that there is something there which is a connection to yeah. Thor. Well, Mum, I think you might not have to wait too long for the answers to these questions because the next film that we're going to be watching is Thor, <laughs> in which the hammer may be addressed. Very good. I shall look forward to having that demystified for me. <laughs> so we hope you enjoy listening along and if you are watching along, if you would like to get in contact, you can still do so through email or Twitter. Mum, would you like to take it away? The Twitter is at mummissedmarvel. And the email is mymummissedmarvel at gmail.com. We're recording a couple of these before releasing any, so we might be addressing things that you email us or tweet at us in a few episodes, but please do get those rolling in and we will be reading through those and taking on board any advice for future episodes. But until then, we'll be signing off. And we normally, as you know, sign off with our well-known and much-loved catchphrase, My Mum Missed Marvel, which also happens to be the name of the show. But Mum, I hear that you have a brand new catchphrase that you're going to be giving everyone this week to sign us off with. You must be bloody joking. <laughs> so this is Joe and this is Mum signing off with our classic catchphrase, You must be bloody joking. <laughs> You have been listening to My Mum Missed Marvel, created by and starring Joe Walker and Aileen Walker. Edited by Joe Walker. Music by Kevin Chute and graphics by Alex Carvey. Hiya, this is Joe and Mum. We recorded this episode after we... Hold on. No. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> You're talking nonsense, Joe. Start. Well, again. I just say we we recorded it before. <laughs> this this recorded episode it. was recorded before. This um, episode was recorded before episode one was released. There you go. That's what okay. I just said. Do, do a clap, and then you'll know where to cut. I, mean, I should be able to find it without the clap. That was just a very helpful thing I was telling you because that's, <laughs> what, I've, that's what okay, I've been doing okay. for my work. I'll, I'll do the clap. I'll do the clap. <laughs> <laughs> right.